Thanks be to God. I invite you to pray with me. God, having heard the scriptures retelling the story of your son's birth, having sang songs of carols, celebrating that magnificent event, we pray that you would continue to speak to us today on this Christmas morn, that we might hear a word from you that brings us the light that comes into the darkness. And the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you, O Lord, our God. Amen. Well, we are here together on Christmas Day. It's just a little bit different of an experience than if you were with us on Christmas Eve last night. But the thing is, is that one of the interesting parts about it is that, did you know that you're actually, we actually cheat a little bit on Christmas Eve? right? I mean, we sing Joy to the World, and we sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing, but that is the eve of Christmas, right? In fact, back in tradition, one of the ways in which they would celebrate, and some of us remember, you know, back in the day when we had midnight mass or our midnight service, that Joy to the World or the songs of carols were to wait until the clock strikes midnight on Christmas Eve, because that was when the light could be actually lit, because that was the day of Christmas. And so in the church, we do something totally different than the rest of society. We wait. We don't sing as hard as it can be the minute that the Thanksgiving table is broken down to sing Christmas carols. Because we find ourselves for the four weeks leading up to Christmas with this thing called Advent right? It's the time when we're waiting and anticipating the event that we celebrated last night, but most importantly, the event that happens today. And today, and for the next 12 days, the days of Christmas are also known as Eastertide, which begins with the birth of Christ and then ends with what holiday? Does anyone know that holiday? Epiphany. There we go. Epiphany. Epiphany is the fancy day. Yeah, you had that. You came out with the Bible knowledge. There we go. The Epiphany or the church knowledge is the day when the wise men enter the scene. It's known as the, the 12 full days, the song, the 12 days of Christmas, my true love gave to me. That's where it comes from. And this is the time when we're supposed to be singing the carols together as a church. And I say we do it differently because we do than the rest of society. We have a hard time in our American context of waiting patiently for things, right? Yeah? Anyone else have this? How many of you opened a present before Christmas? Anyone else? I did, so don't worry. You're in, I'm in the camp with you, right? Waiting patiently is not necessarily our motto. We like to jump in and do things. But Christmas Day is a little bit of the experience of what you might expect on true Christmas. Because, you know, in the manger scene, you don't have everyone showing up in all of their regalia and all of the, you know, the, the amazing Aloha shirts that we saw last night and floral shirts and decorations and kids all dressed to the nine. And we didn't have the, they didn't have the jazz band and they didn't have all the choir. They had some lowly shepherds that showed up, right? And the reality that they weren't even home when they were able to have their firstborn son. And so there Mary was 
waiting. The day turned to night, night turned to day. And the fancy, the the ecstatic emotions that we experience on Christmas aren't necessarily there. It's kind of like calm. And yet Mary, during the whole time, the scripture says, pondered, what does all of this mean? What does it mean? Had the angels that showed up, they showed up to my husband, my husband didn't leave me, and all of a sudden these shepherds come, and they tell us that heaven broke open and that this son was to be the Messiah, the king. But yet there he was, making the noise like Mila, wherever she is, she, she left. Oh, she's back there. She's, yeah, she's sleeping. Okay, I'm putting her to sleep with my words. Perfect. <laughs> Mila is our office admin's daughter who's here with us today. Making noise like a baby. The newborn king. But the reality is, is that the newborn king is a baby. Last night we sang a song, P.A. Jesu, that reflects on the cross, kind of goes forward to there. And I think that we, you know, we like to go forward so quickly. In fact, we have no scriptures, right? We have like the birth and then Jesus getting lost in the temple. And then now he's 30 and like doing ministry, right? But I think that that gap that we have misses a whole lot of what we can learn from Christmas, the gift. Because in Jesus, God comes not just to be, you know, the gift, but God comes to be human, to be human. And so when all the like, rega- like all the fancy celebrations begin to fade, you know, and Christmas is a little bit in the past, and we find ourselves just kind of in the human experience, the calm after the storm, that's what God came to be with. In fact, the early church they had conflicts, and some of the people couldn't think of God, God becoming a baby, needing to be fed, needing to have their diaper changed, needing to teeth, crying, you know, like just all the things that go with it, learning to walk. Mila's over there. If Stephanie lets Mila go, she will probably fall right? She is not good enough. Right, Mila? You're not good enough to walk on your own. Yeah, you can get camera that. She's so cute. Um, But the reality is that that is exactly what God came to be. Not this perfect son that did everything right. I mean, some of the gospels that were first written, they had all these other ones, and and some of them were like the gospel of like, uh, wasn't it? Wasn't Mark? Thomas, Gospel of Thomas, and they tell stories of Jesus when he was a kid, and they're like, he's the fastest on the entire track team. They don't have track, but like they talk about how he could like run faster than everyone else, and they tell these stories of these amazing things that Jesus did as a kid, and eventually the church says, no, we're we're not going to tell those stories because they did not want, not because I don't know why, but they just said they didn't want people to think that Jesus was this superhero, that he was like Superman in disguise the whole time. That he could like lift himself from the ground and just fly out of this place and do whatever he wanted to do. Because for those early Christian fathers and mothers, God as human mattered. God as human mattered. And one of the reasons I think it matters so much is because of when we look at our kids learning to walk. When we look at ourselves and the mistakes we made in high school 
or in college, or even after. We like to think of Jesus as this like perfect being that we all have to live up to, right? Because otherwise God's in the cloud and going to judge us for the things that we do wrong. But there's this early Christian thinker, his name was Irenaeus. And Irenaeus talked about something that is called sin in the world. And many of us in the West, we like to think of sin as like the one mistake that was made by Adam and Eve. And now the rest of society has lived with being sinful. Like we're just like bad, right? And God is going to judge us for being bad people because we make mistakes and we do wrong things. Well, Irenaeus didn't actually, one of the early Christian thinkers, didn't believe in original sin. In fact, he believed in the mistake that was made. He believed that humanity in the Garden of Eden was trying to figure out how to walk and fell and then picked themselves up and trying to learn again and then fell again. And so the idea there is not that the mistakes we make are evil or worthy of judgment, but that mistakes we make in life are part of what it means to be human. And if you think about Jesus as a baby, God as, you know, when it says the flesh became flesh, that's exactly what happened. I mean, the first story of Jesus as a kid is he leaves his parents at the temple. Like he just stays back, right? I don't know about you, but my kids stay back at the mall after we're there, you know, I'd be a little upset. And not only that, but that they do it intentionally, right? <laughs> like I knew what I was doing. Legos were cooler than going home and doing whatever we were going to do at home. That being perfect isn't about being flawless, about hiding emotion, about not getting angry, about not being human. But the gift of Christ, of God with us, is that in our humanness, God takes us in and says, you are loved. In fact, uh, one of my greatest theologians, this is just kind of me, this is a Christmas Day rant. Is that okay? Um, one of my favorite theologians, Karl Barth, talks about Jesus as both the no to all of humanity, meaning that we are unable to attain godliness on our own. We can't like make it to heaven by ourselves. And so for God to come is ultimately God's no to all of us. But God didn't just come and like, you know, pave a road and say, good luck for you. Go on your way. This is the direction. This is what you need to do. But God comes and lives us, bees us, suffers with us, dies alongside. And in so doing, allows us in our life to become God's yes as well. So he says that, Jesus is both God's no, and Jesus is also God's yes. And that yes includes our flaws, our mistakes, the missteps. And so on Christmas Day, when we gather, when we sing, when we celebrate, we're reminded that God is with us in this thing called being human. And so I invite us today and throughout these 12 days to reflect on, to think about how does it, what does it mean for God to be my brother, my sister, my kids, my aunties, 
What does it mean for God to be human? And as we see the flaws, not as bad things that we need to move beyond, perhaps they can become learning opportunities or opportunities to offer grace because God is with all of us. And on that note, there's a phone. I invite us to pray. God, we thank you that you are with us in Christ, that nothing can separate us from your love, and that in your son, this newborn babe, is both the reality of our need for you and the hope of you becoming human and taking this experience that we live day in and day out and making it holy and making it sacred. And on this day, we recognize that we celebrate the gift and the birth of your son and that the reality that kingdom has come here on earth as it is in heaven. And as we look around the world, we still see suffering and pain. And so we pray for those on this day who celebrate Christmas or who don't, and yet the oppressive forces of this world still weigh heavy upon them. And we pray for the hope of you breaking in would find its way to those people and to those places. On Christmas Day, we pray for our loved ones and our friends that we're not able to see whether it's because they're too far away or whether it's because they've passed on beyond the veil of death. And we trust that just that you come to be human with us in this life, you offer us a path beyond death. And we pray that you would comfort those for whose Christmas Day and Christmas Eve is mournful. A reminder of someone not here, of relationships lost. Oh God, we pray on this day for our families, our friends, to experience the joy and the hope and the excitement that comes with your birth in the world. That nothing is impossible and that your light always breaks into even the darkest of places. And so as we eat our Christmas dinners, as we open our Christmas presents, as we celebrate with our loved ones, we pray that that would be an experience of the light that we know that you bring to the world. And we pray for that light day in and day out. And throughout these next 12 days, as we move into the new year, we pray that more of your light would break in than the darkness that tries to overcome it. And even if it tries, and tries with all of it might, we know that your Christ's candle will never go out, that you are always with us and always making your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And so on Christmas Day, we pray the Lord's Prayer that much later in Jesus's life, he teaches us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.